Hi and welcome to Data Hack Radio. This is Kunal, your host for the show. In this episode, we will talk to Mike Tamer, who is currently chief scientist and head of machine learning and AI at SIG. Mike has worked with Uber ATG Group in past and is also a data science faculty at Berkeley. Mike did his BA in philosophy and mathematics from Columbia University and his PhD was on modeling applications in general relativity and quantum statistical mechanics from University of Pittsburgh. In this episode, we'll talk to Mike about his project fakerfact.org in which he has created an AI called Vault, which helps people understand various attributes about any article or news. So for example, it can answer questions like how opinionated is a particular article. And there are a couple of points why this episode stands out for me in person. So the first thing which it brings out is the importance of doing side projects as a data scientist. So, you know, Mike is a very busy person. He uh, He's heading the entire machine learning and data science at SIG. And he takes out time to do a project on the side. So that's something which stands out for me personally and is really inspirational. And... The second thing is when you listen to the podcast, you'll see the importance which Mike attributes to learning all the time. So as a data scientist, you need to learn about latest developments in the field all the time. And that comes out really well as part of this podcast. So really excited about this podcast. Thanks, Mike, for uh, agreeing to come on this uh, podcast. And I'm really looking forward to this discussion. And, uh, you know, there are various dimensions in, on which I can go on with the uh, podcast and the discussion. But I want to start with the, you know, product which you're working on. So uh, can you tell us a bit more on, uh, you know, what is Faker Fact? How did this whole idea come along? And, you know, what problem is it trying to solve in today's world? Sure. So Faker Fact has been a research project that um, I you know, started a couple years ago now, about uh, maybe almost two years ago. Um, and, you know, myself and some of my former um, lab researchers and, uh, and colleagues uh, got together and, um, you know, the, the, the problem of misinformation of, uh, of so-called fake news um, mm -hmm. has been a challenge. It was a challenge, uh, you know, almost two years ago. And we still really have not, um, have not got our arms around it um, yeah. as a, as a, as a society. And so um, we felt that with all of the advances that even at that time had come along with, uh, with machine learning, mm -hmm. in particular learning applications to natural language processing, um, we, we could maybe uh, uh, put another, another uh, arrow in the quiver, so to speak, for ways of, of detecting uh, potential uh, malicious, uh, malicious intent. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, lucky, lucky for us that the last two years has been just a, uh, a, a, a it, you know, as much as we've, in, we've uh, improved in our ability to work with language uh, uh, since really 20, 2013, mm -hmm. um, the last two years have just been an amazing acceleration of that progress. And so we have 
been able to take advantage of these um, these uh, just invent these inventions, the new algorithms, and applying them to this particular use case uh, mm -hmm. to reach some remarkable uh, results. Interesting. And so you started this uh, with your friends in 2013. Uh, is is that correct? No, 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 no. Um, 2000, uh, 20, I, I think I think we uh, we we officially started tw 2017 uh, um, in the fall. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, how did this? Uh, uh, so, did you face any specific problem in your experience, or this was you know just a uh, problem you were aware of, which which anyway publishing industry is uh, facing as of now? Far as I know, I have not been a victim of fake news. <laughs> okay. um, that, that being said, I think we we uh, we all suffer from. Um, yeah, as far from, as we know. <laughs> yeah, the, the ease of propagation of um, we, we benefit from the ease of propagation of of, um, of knowledge and, mm -hmm. and the internet and uh, you know one of the greatest invention of all time and enabling us to do that. Unfortunately, it's also uh, made it um, very slippery to to provide information that's not so. Um, that's not so veridical, uh, and so that's something that um, that we wanted to combat. Now, um, I, I mentioned it's so it's just one arrow in the quiver, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. There are a lot of different ways to approach fake news, and the um, certainly um, approaching uh, information which with a um, a journalistic, but also almost a scientific mind of fact checking, mm -hmm. um, making sure that what we um, what's published is verified and verified um, you know, with, with uh, the right kind of confirmation to support um, whatever claims are being made, um, you know, that's, that's the gold standard. That's how we get to know things, right? By, by, mm -hmm. by, uh, by, by going out and, and confirming our evidence. Um, the problem with that is that it's very, um, it's very difficult to scale that out. Um, mm -hmm. fact sites, uh, you know, bona fide journalists doing real journalism um, to, to confirm what's, uh, what's true in, out there in the world um, is something that doesn't scale well if you don't have a lot of fact checkers to do that work. Mm -hmm. And so um, we decided to approach it from a, from a sort of a different angle. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the, while, while, you know, we cannot create magic truth detectors still with machine learning. Mm -hmm. um, what we can do is detect patterns in um, in the way that an author uses language, in the way in in the way that the author, in particular, um, at least this was our, our hypothesis that, that seems to have um, borne out, um, tries to uh, possibly manipulate or um, you know trigger emotional reactions from their authorship. Or sorry, from the readership. Um, as opposed to just presenting the facts um, mm -hmm. and just presenting um, the reason for the reasons for um, the, the for the reader to make their own their own conclusion, uh, and so that felt like something that while not foolproof in saying this is true and this is false, um, mm -hmm. this is fake, real, uh, um, trying to approach it from uh, from answer, from a, from the question of can we teach machine learning algorithms to, to tell the difference between um, bits of text that are just about education, just about um, reporting, versus mm -hmm. bits of text that are entire articles, in our case, that mm -hmm. are um, 
are doing something else, are presenting opinions, are mm -hmm. trying to make us laugh with satire, are um, filled with hate speech, are, uh, are, are have um, a hidden agenda that are trying to get us to draw a conclusion, not by using facts, but by using some of these other patterns um, mm -hmm. that are detectable by machine learning algorithms. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So how did you go about, you know, collecting this data? And then uh, I'm sure you would have come across labeling problems uh, with, with the data. So, so tell us a bit more about, you know, once you identified this problem, how did you go about collecting the data and creating the data set for training this model? Yeah, that's always uh, you know one of the one, one of the one of the hardest challenges in, yeah. in, uh, in data science, machine learning, and engineering is making sure that you have <laughs> the data that you want, um, or or dealing with the fact that you never have the data that you really want. Mm -hmm. um, and and so uh, you know we, we started with uh, with these top level domains um, and and you know use those as a, as kind of a seeding point. And then we have. Um, different algorithms for doing a reverse bootstrapping process and a golden set to make sure that that bootstrapping does not get off, um, does, does not does not uh, catch you know poor variants and, and, and mm -hmm. sort of start learning the wrong patterns, um, and that helps us to um, curate down from the uh, the domain level to the individual article level for training, um, mm -hmm. which is effective. Something else that we had to be very careful about and, and pay a lot of attention to was, um, was, was appropriate stratification. We don't want the model to be biased um, based on, on the way we've sampled. And so uh, mm -hmm. an example that, that, that really um, highlights this that, that, that we did was, um, you know, just by number of domains, um, there are, I won't say which one, but, um, you know, left wing versus right wing um, yeah. domain. Uh, those are not necessarily imbalanced, and there might be uh, more articles uh, within those domains uh, that that are that are imbalanced towards left wing than 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 right wing, or vice versa, right wing than left wing. And so, mm -hmm. if you um, if you just do something like a label um, label, hey, this is a this is an opinion piece, mm -hmm. but you're not careful to make sure that you have equal weighting to the the right wing and the left wing opinion pieces. Um, then what ends up happening is the model might learn not that the um, you know the stylistic uh, um, uh, approach is indicative of, of, of writing opinion versus a journalistic yeah. article, but that um, just but but the content right writing about things that maybe um, left wing people care about more. If you have more left wing articles, um, mm -hmm. then you create a left wing detector instead of an, a left wing opinion detector instead of an just opinion detector, mm -hmm. um, and so while uh, you know while, while you know different <laughs> different ends of the poll don't necessarily agree with other other uh, uh, other polls, I think everyone's pretty uh, in agreement on um, you know if you're left wing, which ones are the left wing uh, uh, sources, and if you're right wing, which ones are the are the more right wing sources, and so that's relatively uncontroversial. We can leverage that um, that that uh, common agreement in order to say, hey, we're always going to have. Uh, an equal split uh, when we're pulling in uh, data calls, when we're putting in, pulling in articles as our data for um, for, for left wing versus right wing. We'll, we'll always have a one to one uh, balance there in our stratification, and we did that across the board. Um, we did that for um, you know the way we uh, the, the way we did like you know political polarization, but also from um, you know sourcing on different styles of conspiracy, different styles of agenda, different styles of um, of satire, mm -hmm. uh, and 
sure that uh, that we are as much as possible not introducing biases into the algorithm, letting the algorithm just pick up the patterns that matter. Interesting. And uh, I mean, uh, did you also have to consider things like, you know, cultural differences? So some of the domains which are popular, let's say in US, uh, might have different style of writing versus some of the domains which are, let's say, popular in some of the other countries. So so just the cultural differences of writing articles, etc. So, so uh, did you consider some of those things as well? Or this is pretty much uh, focused on US as, as a country right now? Um, so, so it is right now only trained for English. Um, mm -hmm. the, uh, the, you know, that being said, there, there are um, different websites that uh, we've that, that that have been suggested that we look at um, mm -hmm. as uh, you, you know uh, non uh, English speaking uh, um, or not majority English speaking um, uh, uh, countries that that, that yeah. are based out of. There. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and of course, there there are other things. Um, we, we were talking with the, the news guard people who mm -hmm. are uh, another quiver in, in the <laughs> or arrow in the quiver of, of uh, fighting misinformation, uh, taking a completely different approach. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were, they were uh, interested in a, uh, a Russian propaganda site and had us <laughs> see, yeah. see if an algorithm could detect, uh, to detect ones on, on that side. Um, and, then, and, uh, and so that's important to make sure that we are, um, you know, exposing the algorithm to as many different kinds of um, of, of misinformation styles as possible, so um, so that it has uh, you know it, it is a, it is a very um, you know high parameter uh, deep learning algorithm, so it has the capacity to learn uh, mm -hmm. multiple different forms, um, but only if we um, we expose it to it and expose it to the right balance. Interesting, interesting. And uh, the learning algorithm which is out there, is it uh, doing online learning or this is batch learning? Because, you know, some of these journalism patterns might actually start emerging uh, and we might not have seen some of these in past. So, uh, so how do you kind of make sure that this algorithm continues to evolve by itself? Or, uh, I mean, how do you address that problem? That's a really good question. So, um, so we do update our data sets. We're on um, I don't know, maybe the fourth or fifth generation right now um, because we are um, we, we are approaching this uh, you know scientifically. Uh, we want to make sure that we keep um, we keep the variables uh, um, as steady as possible. So every time we um, we pick a new data set or, or we, we create a, a, a you know an enhanced or larger data set, um, mm -hmm. then you know we we have to. We have to run a lot of our baselines again to um, mm -hmm. to be you know what is it still the same with this larger data? Are we still getting um, the similar results? Is the are the different um, you know uh, architecture uh, uh, choices that we made and, and discovered worked well with the prior iteration? Uh, mm -hmm. Are they can we verify them in the next generation? Um, so we don't want to change the um, change the algorithm or sorry the data um, you know too frequently because that takes yeah. time. Be methodical about it. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, we are uh, uh, constantly scraping new data. Um, we we have uh, millions and millions of articles that that feed into our data set, uh, and and uh, even even we you know, pre, pre curation, but even after curation, we have millions of articles, um, and that is. Uh, um, that 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 includes uh, you know just like we want to stratify for things like uh, like political bias, we also don't want it to become um, uh, static to it to a uh, temporal bias, right? So mm -hmm. 
uh, some, of the, some of the fake news data sets that are out there and from different tackle competitions um, were taken during the 2016 campaign and so mm-hmm. are uh, highly uh, uh, a biased sample to very specific issues with in particular the 2016 campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure that you are um, are, are giving uh, uh, an example examples from a whole um, range of time periods is important. Um, now you mentioned something else that uh, that is maybe an even more challenging problem, which uh, luckily we we haven't um, we have we haven't had to uh, to 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 deal with. And one of the benefits mm-hmm. of <laughs> of being small like that is that um, no, nobody has tried to uh, do like SEO hacking on on, sure. on mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, so in order to um, you, you know eventually if that if the, if that were to happen. Um, mm-hmm. It would become, you know, important to uh, to 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 work towards um, like security and making sure that that um, that the that the algorithm is not hacked, so it can just be uh, you know uh, uh, in like an adversarial um, mm-hmm. method of tested. Um, another another aspect that's pretty interesting in order to do online learning um, mm-hmm. that would mean uh, getting the feedback from users, and as yeah. you get critical. Uh, you know, wisdom of the crowds can be very valuable um, mm-hmm. if you have a large enough number of data points, but also if all those um, those sources, those estimators, those humans are um, are reasonably decorrelated. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and so with the polarization that that we see sometimes, uh, at least with political um, text, that's that's not always the case. So figuring out ways to appropriately stratify, um, uh, you know, based on based on uh, the, the the polarization and the and the, the the correlation that you see among readership, we we don't want to um, naively just let whatever people whatever feedback people give um, on a particular article uh, be the the truth of hey yeah that this is a fake article just because it, it has a political leaning against what we um, or, or, you know what what the those authors or the majority of the users like so mm-hmm. you know that would turn that, that would turn the algorithm into a thermometer for whatever uh, whatever the app uses mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and so we have to be careful about that and there's there's, um, there's not a lot of research out there but we have some pretty um, interesting uh, uh, strategies for how to how to do uh, rate the raters and how to stratify them to make sure that we're not sampling from any political bias um, too much when we get when we use uh, integrate user feedback mm-hmm. very interesting as you would have heard in this discussion with Mike and some of the earlier podcasts as well, natural language processing is one of the fastest evolving area in data science and machine learning. There has been a lot of developments in NLP in the last couple of years, and these developments help us create a variety of new machine learning driven applications. Analytics with their offers a certified program. NLP for beginners, which starts from basics of Python and statistics and basic natural language processing and goes all the way up to developing industry ready applications. So if you are interested in NLP as an area, this program should be the right fit for you. And you can go out and check out this program on courses.analyticswithdaya.com. The link to the program has been provided in the podcast notes.
I know you touched about it uh, briefly. So while, you know, some of the elements of bias can be uh, addressed by stratified sampling, but, you know, there are those unknown unknowns which come in along with the uh, data because of the way articles are usually written or the way, uh, you know, some of the things which are not explicitly, let's say, quantified. So is that something that, uh, you know, worries you? Is there anything explicitly you're trying to kind of Beacon to address some of those unknown unknowns uh, in the data set. Um, yeah, so I can give a couple examples of things that we've that we've discovered that um, mm-hmm. that we have addressed. Uh, some of them are, are uh, still there, and some of them are, are you know there's a question of whether or not it's legitimate signal. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, so one example would be um, you, you know, authors that tend to promote um, promote themselves on Twitter yeah. um, in the text uh, tend to be. Uh, uh, you know, less less reliable, and so so we, we noticed that when we looked at um, and the, the the Walt algorithm will actually pick out sentences um, mm-hmm. that that get that are paid more attention to in the context of all the other sentences, and you can actually see that. Um, and so when we started when we turned on that feature um, and started looking at it, we, we noticed things like um, different um, in the HTML, different advertisement blurbs, or um, different. Uh, um, you know, follow me on Twitter and Facebook um, mm-hmm. uh, phrases were getting pulled out as more, as stronger signal. And and if you think about it, that while while that does help um, help me get the right answer, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's not entirely clear that that it's a good signal for um, you, you, it's sort of circumstantial evidence. Yeah. Uh, so it's not direct content of the article. Um, the uh, another one that we found that we did have to address was uh, what was rooted in, in scraping. So, um, you know, Huffington Post uh, it, it clearly has it has a certain um, audience, and that audience uh, tends to be biased um, more towards towards the left than, than to the right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we discovered when we when we turned on that feature that, uh, for example, we were accidentally scraping the comments on articles as well as the article themselves. And um, it was really strange. I, I, I you know I was wondering why is uh, why is Huffington Post uh, um, you know every every um, every domain has has a, a mix of you know very good journalism and and, um, and not journalism from you know from across the spectrum, including the biased domains, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, you know, it, it, the algorithm w- was being especially hard. We noticed on on uh, on Huffington Post, uh, even on articles that seemed to be straight journalism. Um, mm-hmm. And then we we discovered that uh, actually it was it, the, the sentences that that Wall was paying atten- most attention to were um, actually the comments, uh, mm-hmm. and, and those were were very clearly um, biased in a certain way. So that was one thing that we that we discovered was was an error in our scraping and, and um, was. Uh, influencing the uh, the scores that the, that the algorithm did. Luckily, we weren't using um, we weren't using that domain for for one way or the other in the training, so it didn't um, it didn't confuse the model globally. Once we stopped scraping those, it was able to make more uh, more reasonable decisions. Yeah, very very interesting examples, and uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, it totally goes back to the point that you know you have to continuously watch out for these things otherwise the data might end up being biased and, and it starts kind of creating it o- its own challenges uh, yeah. so, uh, I'll be I'll be the first to tell you we, we have very hard one um, f1 scores uh, in, mm-hmm. in the 90s uh, for, for each of our categories um, mm-hmm. and every you know we are down to the to the the the, the 
good place to be where every um, you know 50 basis points is is a win. That's the level of you know going from uh, 95 and a half to 96 is is a is the level the increments of improvement that we're at. Um, but even even going to 96, uh, that means you're wrong. Um, you know, for four percent of the time, right? Mm -hmm. um, precision or recall, um, it gets respectively the false positives and false negative rates, um, you know, as 4% of your, mm -hmm. of your are, are, are no's, are actually no's, and, and um, you miss in the recall sense, 4% um, say of, of your, of, of the true positives. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's not 100%, right? That's not, mm -hmm. that's not five nines, even with our, with our best scores, uh, we, we get, uh, you know, a couple nines, but not five nines. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it's very important to consider this as, like I said, uh, one arrow in the quiver. It's one approach that's very good at, at scalably um, getting the signal, but is not a foolproof um, method. And and if you if you click around long enough, then you you will find you know, if you're at 95, mm -hmm. you will likely find an error if you do a couple dozen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And so, uh, I mean, how do you? benchmark some of these findings so do you have uh, people who also kind of uh, uh, validate some of these things in parallel or so so what is your you know out of time cross validation strategy so to so to ask right so we do get user feedback and we do have um, you know people that 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 are more um, you know who, who have, have unbiased judgment and who have um, you know they're sort of treating it as a hey um, let, let me evaluate this on, on the uh, uh, scientifically, and they they are able to give that feedback as well, um, mm -hmm. in order to to make sure that we have not just um, at this you know consensus level, um, uh, you know which which sites are, are have what patterns, and um, at the curation level, but also um, kind of have an independent third party, so to speak, um, golden data set, which is helpful for um, doing the more semi-supervised techniques for curating down. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. And uh, at the overall, uh, you know, project level, so where is this? So is this still a, uh, you know, side project or is this something which people can go out and experience on their own? Or is it something which you have now started distributing to a few media companies? So, so tell us a bit more about, you know, where is, is this as a product in its journey? Yeah, so um, there, there's a, we, we have a beta app available um, mm -hmm. uh, that the people are, are welcome to use and give feedback on, and, and that, that's on uh, um, at fakerfact.org, so mm -hmm. fakerfact.org, um, um, and and so there you can get the the Firefox and the um, uh, the uh, Chrome extension. The Firefox extension is a little bit more advanced because we have. Mm -hmm. Been, been collaborating with Mozilla, um, and so they've added a lot of cool features. Like if you um, if you install if you view in Firefox with the Firefox app uh, add-on, then you can see like when you go to Twitter, uh, there'll be a little button that that'll let you check the articles that mm -hmm. are linked. Twitter that doesn't that that's not there for the Chrome extension. Mm -hmm. um, we also uh, I <laughs> I just uh, I just uh, tried out the uh, the iOS app that that, mm -hmm. that we're will release soon for people to use when they're just on their phone you can like open up when you're reading a Wall Street Journal app and then you can share that um, not with your uh, with your friends but you could share it with with Walt the, the Baker fact mm -hmm. AI installed and it'll check right there um, while you're reading 
Interesting. In fact, I was about to ask that question that, uh, you know, uh, because a lot of news reading actually happens on uh, mobile nowadays. So, uh, you know, it's it's a product which feels uh, mobile first uh, very naturally. And, and, you know, that was what I was about to ask that, uh, you know, do you have a mobile version? So, uh, and, and yeah. uh, right now it's, it's a little bit cumbersome, like two or three clicks. You, you can always copy the URL and Mm-hmm. Go to fakeback.org on, on your mobile browser and paste it in there. But uh, hopefully we'll get, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get an app out soon. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. And uh, you plan to launch iOS app first? Is that is that? Yeah, yeah. I've got a. I I, I just did a build last week and, and loaded up on my phone and I've been uh, playing with it. So it's, uh, it's fun and convenient. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. In terms of the data sizes, so, you know, this entire model, which you have built, so how big was this data set on which these algorithms have been trained? And then, you know, what is your right now validation input, which you are seeing? So how many users do you see giving feedback on a regular basis, uh, which helps you evolve this model? Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure about the the user feedback numbers. I'll have to check. And that that yeah. number changes, you know, um, you know, on a sort of week by week basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for data that we're training on each uh, you know, to each our each uh, topic. So mm-hmm. so we do uh, we get wiki journalism, agenda driven, uh, sensational, and and and, uh, and satire and opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for each of those, uh, th- there's going to be with the stratification different, like, you know, different volumes, same, same more or less order of magnitude. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as your know, total data, we have, um, you know, millions, in fact, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the pre, um, pairing down, we have tens of millions. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And, uh, you know, the other thing which you mentioned briefly again at the start, so, you know, in last couple of years, there has been a lot of development which has happened uh, in NLP as a subject and, uh, you know, uh, which includes uh, even things like, you know, BERT models or Stanford NLP coming out with uh, various regional languages uh, data sets. So, uh, you know, so a lot of, uh, it's, it's a lot of exciting stuff happening. So how do you see, you know, next two to three years for NLP as a domain and, and for Vault as a, as a, you know, product? Uh, how do you see the next two to three years? Yeah, well, um, certainly we benefited to, from 2018. 2018 was an amazing year. I would say it's a breakthrough year, but we've already broken through so many other years. <laughs> uh, really, uh, I, I, um, yeah, I've heard it uh, described as an, an inflection point, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially with the use of Transformers and with the release of, um, of BERT uh, on top of uh, uh, GPT-1 and ELMO. Um, all of these have been uh, pretty pretty impressive um, standalone algorithms and mm-hmm. pre-trained algorithms, um, and then uh, coupling that with our um, with our architecture. So so we have several portholes where we can feed that in, and we can also um, you know swap an ensemble um, you know different different areas where there's LSTMs and and, uh, and transformers. Um, you know, doing that sort of work does get us uh, a modest gains. Uh, we, we haven't quite done a pure, um, say, BERT or, or, you know, or, or um, transformer-based model in general that, mm-hmm. um, that beats the, the original un- underlying um, uh, neural network. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are still, that we suspect, 
um, you know, coupling with, with the use of LCMs that we have that, that get us that extra signal. But when you combine all of these techniques, um, you know, it's given us as much as a 4% uh, improvement in precision uh, for, for no loss of recall and, and vice versa um, in other cases. And that's, that's, pretty, um, that's pretty impressive, especially for, um, for topics where there are, um, th th there are less examples, right? So in general, these work better um, you know, when you, you have less underlying data to train on uh, to begin with. Mm -hmm. uh, for um, improving heat speech, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a talk at uh, Open Data Science. Oh, sorry, at uh, Southern Data Science Conference mm -hmm. uh, this week, um, where I'm gonna go over some of those results, uh, which uh, which shows that that you know, no matter how much work you put into your original algorithm, these these kinds of changes can continue to help uh, you know push push the numbers up. Correct. Correct. Hello, listener. We recently launched our flagship program called AI and ML Black Belt Program. Now, this is an 18-month program which gives you access to 10 courses on machine learning and artificial intelligence. So things like NLP, computer vision are all covered as part of this program. In addition to this, the program provides you the opportunity to have one-on-one -on -one mentorship sessions with some of the data scientists and analytics with there and from our community. So go and check out this program on courses.analyticswithya.com. This program is open for a very limited time. So if you are excited about the program, you should buy this program today. Thank you. And how about, uh, you know, NLP as a domain, so how do you see next two to three years for, for someone who is in, in this domain and using it so heavily? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was the, uh, the uh, famous quote, never predict anything that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, a, that can be confirmed within your lifetime. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I think it's safe to say that we'll continue to see um, dramatic improvements and um, um, in, in how we are able to work on text, just mm -hmm. just as we saw in the past year and the year before that, um, the 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 you know we are we are uh, you know if you want if you want to do some coarse uh, coarse grain you know observations like uh, um, so the very end of 2017 uh, at Neuro IPS uh, we saw the introduction of transformers with. Um, with, with uh, attention is, is all you need, uh, and that really influenced the, uh, the the a lot of the progression that we saw over the last year um, mm -hmm. for uh, for language modeling in general, and specifically for the usage of transformers and, and not using uh, recurrence. Uh, now we're starting to see those uh, those techniques merge again with um, uh, recurrence in, in transformer uh, transformer XL, and it was, you know different way of course um, mm -hmm. but that's that's the way nine, 2019 has already kicked off in the first quarter um, and, and I think that uh, we'll continue to see um, to, to see what has worked but we'll find interesting ways of of combining those techniques so that way we can um, get the full uh, get the full benefit of both worlds so to speak very interesting very interesting and uh, and uh, you know one last question on uh, fecker fact uh, uh, so what are your plans with this product so how do you want to evolve it again how do you see it 
uh, evolving in next two to three years? Uh, uh, is there a product roadmap or, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts at a, at a high level? Yeah, well, right now, with the, this is a project that we do, um, we do for, uh, I, I, I want to say for fun, right? <laughs> it's something that we're doing because, uh, because we're, uh, we're interested in the problem space, we're interested in the technology, and, um, and we're, um, we're motivated by the, um, by the need. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you know, the, the, you know, the, the product roadmap is, has really been driven by, you know, what, what can we do to make it, make it better? Um, and, uh, you know, figuring out different ways of, of sharing that technology with people who are, um, who are, are combating fake news day to day and misinformation in order to, uh, in, in order to, to make their jobs uh, more effective. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, uh, so something which I, you know, mentioned initially that, you know, so this, uh, and as you said, so this is just, you know, something which you're doing on site and, and it's tremendous work, but I just want to, you know, uh, ask a bit and spend a bit more time on uh, your, you know, full-time role. So uh, you're mm-hmm. right now with SIG and you have experience with Uber. So, you know, if you can tell us briefly about, you know, what was your experience over there and what kind of problems did you work on? Anything specifically which kind of, you know, was was a, a significant problem which you worked on and you can share that experience. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I can talk at a, at, a, at a high level about that. Yeah. Um, so, so, of course, um, different issues with creating simulations for um, the autonomous vehicles. Uh, mm-hmm. We did um, some open research on, on creating, you know, some, some cue learning, uh, adaptive stress testing mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, you know, some of that, some of that work is, is set to be published. Um, we also, uh, you know, I, I, I worked uh, everything from, um, from, from freight spot pricing mm-hmm. to, uh, to, you know, uh, Uber Eats, recommendations uh, and and, um, and of course quite a bit on on the autonomous vehicle uh, vehicles themselves mm-hmm. uh, and so so it was you know really a fantastic team and I'm very proud of the, of all the work they were able to accomplish while I was there sure sure and uh, you know uh, question more out of uh, personal interest how do you spend your time on learning these things because you know some of the problems which you mentioned in your full-time roles they themselves are you know very exciting problems a lot of action happening and you are also working on this uh, side project you know which which it in itself is a full-fledged product as well how do you manage your time and you know how do you go about learning the developments which are happening in the domain <laughs> well uh, I, I think it, it, in fairness, um, I, I like to say that, that uh, keeping an eye on, on what, what's effective with, uh, with natural language processing um, is a, a gift that keeps on giving uh, in terms of applying that to other domains. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, early, um, or, or earlier research that I did in, in, uh, in you know, doing embeddings and, and before uh, it became standardized was uh, now, now it's really the technology has moved more to graph embeddings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we use that for, um, for recommendation engines uh, and, for, and for, for helping with uh, recommendations. You know, we, um, you know, we, did, we did a bunch of work for, for Starbucks at one of my, um, one of my startups. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that was really impactful um, for doing recommendations with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 
so while it might seem like uh, like getting <laughs> keeping up with 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 natural language processing projects in particular are not uh, are not directly applicable, uh, it it is uh, su surprisingly um, helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, and certainly that that. Uh, that, that holds true to what I'm doing now. Uh, we work with time series data. Um, uh, I think that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty evident on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and uh, and understanding how to use sequential data that is text and what works there uh, can influence uh, the designs that you um, that you, that you make uh, or that you construct rather for for algorithms in, in um, more generic. Uh, time series data. That's the case uh, for for work I've done in the past for anomaly detection. Um, that's that's the case for uh, for uh, anomaly detection that's done at Uber, and uh, and that's the case for the time series work that we're doing now. Wow, a tremendous, uh, tremendous, uh, you know, experience and learning, and uh, and you know, I, I'm I'm almost feeling energized to you know learn uh, more things as uh, as I hear you. So uh, you know, really great. I I really enjoyed this uh, you know discussion and and hearing some of the things that you have uh, been working on. So uh, so thanks a lot. Uh, Mike for uh, you know taking this time out and sharing this experience with the community uh, anything which you would want to mention for the community before we kind of uh, you know get off the call so anything which you would want to mention uh, to the community about their you know it could be about career about learning about how you see the domain <laughs> uh, well first of all thank you for for inviting me um, and, and for, for taking the time to to talk with me I um yeah, gosh, a generic advice for for data scientists. <laughs> uh, I, I'm perhaps uh, piggybacking on the, the last conversation. I when I left academia to go to industry, uh, I had this this fear or, or concern, and I sort of had made terms with it that well, I've done my uh, my learning, but that learning part of my life is over, and now I'm going to go apply it in industry. And I guess you know that's where I am now. Uh, <laughs> and, and so so you know, time to to. Uh, end up frozen in whatever I've learned so far, and uh, couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, you know, almost uh, you know. So of course, the 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 fundamentals and the mathematical literacy and the ability to um, to to think about um, you know uh, about uh, distributions and random variables. Uh, that's that's sort of in the blood, and, and that's mm -hmm. been uh, very um, you know, very helpful over the years. Uh, but but in in terms of um, specific techniques, uh, even even language. Back when I started, R was the popular thing to do data science in. Mm -hmm. um, it has have all changed. Um, I, I would say very very little of the tools, um, the algorithms, or the uh, or the specific uh, the specific approaches um, are that that I that that were there when I started are mm -hmm. are still uh, in vogue and, and and you know not because of a popularity contest but because of um, of efficiency. And so, um, you, you know, certainly keeping up with uh, with what comes out, um, you know, on a you know yearly, monthly, daily basis, um, has been very helpful. And and uh, not only has it been helpful, but I, I found that it's if you enjoy it and you really enjoy the learning, um, it almost happens without effort. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's 
there, I'm, I'm sure there's a, there, there's generic advice in there somewhere, but that's been my experience. Sure, no, no, that that definitely you know gives a lot of value. As you said, that you know the focus on continuing to learn, and then if you enjoy that, it just becomes seamless. So really, you know, like that, and that's something which we we always tell our community members to you know focus on that. You know, data science is not something you can learn one time and then uh, you know uh, kind of apply it again again you you have to be learning all the time and you have to continuously experiment so so uh, completely relate to that great great thanks thanks mike once again for sharing those experiences and uh, looking forward to interacting with you in future yeah absolutely